Recently, we had a chat about migration, especially the manner and speed at which the youth of Nigeria are leaving the country. People move to different countries for different reasons, and we'll be discussing about that today. So basic amenities to live a normal life seem scarce. Hence, people tend to move to countries where they can get basic human amenities. Is there an issue of brain drain from Nigeria to the West or possibly even from Africa as a continent to the West or anywhere else? I have a lifelong friend of mine uh, that has joined me on this conversation or this, to discuss this topic today. And we're also both in the energy industry. Abayomi Oyedola is a chief seismologist, geophysicist at the Nigerian National Petroleum Corporation, NNPC, and is currently an MSc student at the University of Calgary. He's studying sustainable energy development. My, myself, my name is Bimbola, and I'm looking forward to this chat today. And before I continue, I'd like to acknowledge the support of PaySup Invest, a global financial advisory and wealth management firm based in Germany, France, and Nigeria. So if you're looking to create generational wealth and understand how to manage your finances, free to contact the PaySup Invest team on paysupinvest.com and also their social media pages. They offer services to individuals and corporate bodies alike. I also like to acknowledge the author of What to Know Before Moving to Norway, that's KB Kolawale. Uh, this can be found on Amazon. So all you need to do is just go on Amazon Books and type KB Kolawale uh, or things to know before moving to Norway and you will get the book. So I'd like to welcome you listeners to Empowered by Blue Citron, a podcast where we discuss life, culture or lifestyle to be, to be specific, culture and more. Right, Abayami, you're welcome. Oh, thank you, Pimbo. Uh, Thanks for having me. I have several names for you, so I'm gonna call you the Abayomi, Yomi, or Abangua. So whichever one I want, just be prepared. <laughs> it's totally fine. <laughs> Good. So tell me, what's what's going on? Why are people risking their lives to cross Atlantic to move to the West? I mean, obviously, <laughs> basic needs such as electricity is a dream in Nigeria and in fact, most of Sahara countries. So is, is, is this oh, Sub-Saharan Africa to be specific? Is, is this the reason why, or is this one of the reasons why people are doing anything they can to, to move to, to, to anywhere else but Africa? I mean, obviously when you have as, I would say little, as little as electricity, it can obviously bring up economic, you know, development and, um, putting an end to economic poverty in, in, in uh, or economic, you know, challenges in a country or in the continent. Is, is this the reason why people are risking their lives and moving over? Okay, thank you. Uh, thank you very much for the question. Uh, first of all, I wouldn't say risking since uh, like most of the time, if it's legal migration, people mm -hmm. are leaving uh, to Canada, Australia, UK and the rights. So if it's if it's uh, if it's legal, they're just in search of a, a better life, a better quality of life. Some people are in search of uh, trying to split their options. Some people so there are different myriads of reasons. Some people will tell you for the family, for the children, 
Yeah. So it's it's a it's a bunch of different things: insecurity, uh, power, energy. You know, uh, everything combined together. Because Nigeria has a huge population, most of which uh, are young people, and um, they finish school and there's nothing to do. So there's a school of thought, right? People mm-hmm. want to live for a better life, which is the quality of life. Uh, the counter argument, you say that is brain drain. There's a counter yeah. argument to that, to say that the attrition rate at which people live is, uh, is filled by the number of people that are probably jobless or need to have something to do. If you have to talk about medical personnel that have left. Well, the hard part is that a lot of consultants have left. Then you have a lot of junior regs and a lot of people to fill in that gap, but you don't have the consultants anymore. So there's a void in that regard. So to, to wrap this up, I would say people are in search, people are living for better life in search of, they, everybody has a personal reason. If you have yeah. a family, a big family, you say, oh, for the kids, the statistics are, uh, are not looking good for the near future, right? The, the, the government, the politicians, what is in sight like even the near future and 20 30 50 years to come with uh, the population going to really explode and with barely infrastructure to support what we have now let alone what we're going to face in the future then people are like okay let me move my kids first right and and then you know and but if you don't have a job like you just finished school you apply if you have if you're able to gather money together probably family gathering or crowdfunding or whatever to go and study uh, elsewhere. And then from there, you can now start to look for permanent residency and conversion to citizenship. So people want to split their options. They want to have better opportunities. And I can tell you the insecurity right now is making all this very, very bad. Uh, I can tell you, you know, because I've been in the situation where I've had to walk in the north and it's almost like it's getting closer and closer to me. No matter the security around you, you could walk mm. into an ambush, right? So that's um yeah. I hear you and uh, I do agree with you. The insecurity situation in Nigeria in this case. So I think it's best we also focus on Nigeria as a case study. Uh, it's a country we both know, it's a country we're both from. So that's, I think that's the best case study. Yes, the insecurity is a big issue. Uh, a, con- a country that is humongous. Uh, right now, uh, population of Nigeria on paper is about 200 million, but in reality, because people keep asking me, oh, BIM, what's the population of Nigeria? Then I ask them, do you want on paper or do you want reality, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. In reality, yeah. I'd be double of that. I-, I don't know. Nobody knows, right? Nobody knows. Yeah. yeah so with people young people you know leaving and moving abroad or moving anywhere else because of the kids and obviously they want to give their kids a better quality of life you know uh, possibly something apart to what they had when they were growing up right because life was life was great in nigeria back in the days but it's just it looks like it's just regressing and going backwards when a lot of other countries are moving forwards industrializing and and you know there's a lot of digitalization going on in a lot of countries and you know i'm not saying that there isn't digital digitalization in, in in nigeria as well in some sectors but some sectors are stuck in the 1940s even you know mm-hmm. these are the things these are the challenges 
And then the fact that, again, security is not being tackled up onto up, up to par, because I bet if the way um, uh, when Ebola entered the country from the, I think it was a Liberian that traveled in yeah. or some ECOWAS meeting or whatever, the way Ebola was arrested, the way that issue was arrested, all that they found all the people that were on that plane, you know, made everyone quarantine or whatever, you know, took the, the people that had it and all of that situation, put them in the hospital. I think some people passed away or what, I don't know. Uh, of course, there was this great woman, this female doctor who also passed away. I can't remember. Yes, Adadebo. Adadebo. That woman, exactly. So the that was put into that, Stella, exactly. Yeah. that was put into that showed me something that if something wants to be done in Nigeria, it will be done. So it feels like the whole security situation, yeah, they could not be bothered with it. You know, infrastructure can be done. So mm-hmm. almost a case of, eh, we'll just make do with whatever we want. Meanwhile, and you're right, the population is exploding. The fear, which I'm going to come back to later, the fear is the children that we're having and raising abroad are going to see Nigeria as their second country. Some of them are never even going to bother wanting to know Nigeria. Very true. They're never going to bother. They'll be like, oh, there's nothing there. Oh, there are animals there. There are this there, but they haven't, they, they don't even know the place. Why? Because their parents are also shielding them because they want to give them the best of, you know, life, so to speak. And this is a problem. And I'm going to come back to that towards the, the end of our conversation. Because I think that's um, something that needs to really, really be looked into. Okay, so so I, I hear you, you know, people living for better quality of life, people living for jobs. And again, still living for jobs, you know, you use the medical guys as an example and with no consultants and you have just the younger ones who's training them, who are they looking up to? It's not pretty, this whole situation. It's not pretty. So you, why did you leave? Oh, part of why I left is uh, just what I said. Like, first of all, the nature of my job until that uh, I work on the field, sometimes I'm 35 days on. So I'm not at home and I get two weeks off. Sometimes I stack up my days. So, well, the family still don't see me. Yeah. Right. So first of all, the nature of my job was a factor. The second thing, of course, better life, better option. Yeah. My wife is in the medical field, better yeah. opportunities outside. Mm. Uh, all you have to do is to integrate better, do all the exams and, you know, it's utopia, right? Yeah. Seeming yeah. to say. So yeah. then insecurity, like I said, I was working in the bushes. I was, you know, you have security around you, but the security is never enough. So from time to time, I felt like, you know, we were properly protected, but you, yeah. you still feel like, what if? You know, so the nature of my job, uh, opportunities for my kids, uh, you you want, uh, like I said, the statistics is not good. You want something that they have an option. For example, my take for Canada is that you can be a a second, a citizen of another country. From there, you don't need visas to anywhere. You can, if you're a Canadian citizen or US citizen or mm-hmm. UK citizen, you can travel anywhere, you can work anywhere. Mm-hmm. Or like if you're Nigerian, everybody just sees the green passport. So I, I wanted <laughs> my kids to have a second option. Yes. But of course, I also still want them 
to know Nigeria like where they are from yeah, yeah where when things get better like you should be able to go home and see grandpa I want you know and yeah. all of that you know yeah. so so it's a combination of many things for me then personally mm. professionally you know I want to split my options as well there's energy okay. transition we're still wallowing in the same doing the same things over and over and the world yeah. is trending towards renewable energy there's Absolutely. the COP26, we see where everyone is, is, is trending to. We're not even starting to look in that direction at all. So I the, agree. Most of the day, we, we're still, you know, so so if you look ahead, if you project ahead, you will see that. Uh, like I said for myself, I projected ahead and I saw, I, I don't want to get obsolete. I want to remain relevant. I want to split my options. I need a better life for my family. I need to take care of insecurity so I don't get caught in the mix, right? Yeah, so, yeah. I moved them here like three years ago, and okay. at least like uh, like most of my problems, personal problems were solved. Didn't yeah. have to worry about who traveling to anywhere and getting stuck or getting yeah. kidnapped, you know. So, yeah. so that, that that was it uh, for me. And yeah, so like I said, split options. I'm still working right now. I'm here. When when you say move them here, that mm -hmm. it's to Canada. That's where yes. you. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Good. Yeah, I mean, your your points are really valid. Um, and again, you do say split option and also the, the opportunity and ability for your kids to be able to have a second home. Uh, possibly their, their first home will probably always be Nigeria. I don't know. Because yes, having that nas second nationality, which is a Canadian, opens more doors. And I agree with you. I have never seen anything green that signifies stop. <laughs> Wow, yeah, passport. <laughs> <laughs> because green is meant to be go right and red yeah. is stop right but not with the nigerian passport you know it's um, yeah. it's an interesting one it's an interesting one and this is i mean we're having a, a laugh i'm laughing about it now but it's not funny when you actually do hold a nigerian passport and you have to travel to different places i know a lot of people that have uh, the nigerian passport only and I know, and I've seen also the challenges that they go through. Maybe mm -hmm. you know, I'm traveling with friends and things like that. And, um, you know, some, 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 some will sail through and some would be kept, you yeah. know, based on the immigration officer, just asking random questions, just because these people have, you know, just the green passport, you know, it's, I think this is a topic to talk about some other day, you know, why, that is the issue what can be done you know what the image of the country uh you know because if the image of the country is really nice and clean i don't think anyone would be interested in you know seeking interesting ventures anywhere else other than wanting to improve on your you know your country because the country is giving yep. great things back to you but yeah but that said that pivots me to you know, you, you say you split your time, yeah? And that means you obviously still work at, you know, the NNPC. And um, uh, I believe with your current studies, you are on a study leave, like a sabbatical leave or something? Yeah, like a two-year career break. A two-year career break. Okay, fantastic. So you are a diasporan, yeah, right now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if, in your view, do you think some diasporans actually want to return home? And what are the changes that can even happen in, 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 in Nigeria? Because we're using Nigeria as a case study, right? As an example, what are the changes that needs to happen to encourage diasporans to go back home? 
it's obvious the basic amenities again the electricity the infrastructures and 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 you know security i mean some would say well that's about it that's it that's all that should be the main thing to make anyone want to go back do you have anything else in mind that would you know encourage you to go back say for example you were not even working for you know the uh, national corporation as you as you say yeah mm. So first of all, I would like to say that uh, Nigeria has a lot of opportunities. Okay. Grossly undersaturated in terms of investment infrastructure, a lot of business opportunities to to do, but the environment must be set right. Now, I, I would say that okay, the Western world, like uh, if I say Canada, everything is taxed. There's a whole, uh, you, and you will understand why. Right, yeah. you will see the result of what they, they do with that. Yeah. In Nigeria, you there are so many things you can do, which is well still undertaxed, but the government cannot overtax you anyways because the economy mm -hmm. is really bad. Mm -hmm. Right. So you get a lot a lot of opportunities there, like uh, to really grow investment wise in Nigeria better than here. The okay. risks are there. The risks are there too as well. Like really. Well, the more opportunities, more risk, the higher the opportunities, the higher the risk. Yeah. Uh, then, yeah, then, then here, here you tread softly and your margins can, your margins can be low and you pay heavy tax for every dollar that you make or, earn, or you, yeah. or you earn out of uh, investments and all. Nigeria, mm -hmm. so many investments you do, the government doesn't just even see you or tax you yeah. and then, but uh, yeah. of course, if if you if you are living in Nigeria, you'll be fine with that. But if you had to do some conversion back to dollars, then you pay through your nose as well, because yeah. the exchange rate comes at you. Right, three years ago, I'll tell you, three years ago, Canadian dollars to Nigerian naira was about two seventy. Some weeks ago, it was like four sixty. So you have close to sixty percent change in in the last three years. I mean, that's crazy. That's ridiculous. Right? Yes. Yeah. So if you had to do that, so and uh, I will also say if you were flip flopping, like I did a couple of times, having to travel when I was off duty, you have to book plane tickets. Every everything is in dollars, right? So mm -hmm. uh, prices, <laughs> the cost changes dramatically as for everything that you do. So you mm -hmm. you must be very aware of that if you're going to uh, do the type of thing that I do, right? So uh, what will make a Nigerian want to come back. Mm -hmm. First, I would say before a Nigerian will want a Nigerian will want to come back home, he would have secured his uh, residency or citizenship here. Okay. That's the first thing. You have to have that in your pocket, okay, to be able to take more risk, right? So yeah, yeah. And there are some things that need to be set right in Nigeria. The politicians know it. I don't want to believe that the politicians and the government is naive. Everybody knows what to do. Mm -hmm. But it's just the will to do it. Yeah, and, the will to do it isn't there. The, yes, the corruption and the lack of consequence management. You know, and that, that's what you admire and that's what you see about the Western world. Why is it that I'm in Nigeria? I can throw away things out of my window. But the moment I cross the borders and get to another country, I see something that is not right, I pick it up and throw it in the bin. Why is that? It's still the same Nigeria, right? So yeah. that's, that's just an example. So we need to get some things right. The first thing, right? Electricity, energy. Uh, well, I hear the NLC is going to go and strike. They want to remove the subsidy, the uh, uh, petroleum, the fuel subsidy. Everybody knows, 
right from the Jonathan of the old government. We knew that the subsidies had to go, right? Everybody's well aware of that. But yeah. the people do not trust the government. Possibly the if, people don't understand the importance of removing the subsidy. The people, trust me, the people understand the importance. Because you, when you, you think remove so? It, yes, I know so. Okay. The people don't trust the government. Believe the government will still, the government is in a fix. That's why they're trying to do all this. Because there are no monies, you keep borrowing. So you yeah. know that the only way to go about it is to remove the subsidies. But before you remove the subsidies, you need to put some things in place. I work for the National Oil Company. Why are the refineries not working? I'll tell you the way it is. It is a cabal. I, right? yes. I can't, I know. <laughs> yes, I'll tell you that, right? And I'll say it to anybody's face. Why is the refineries, why are they not working? So before you remove subsidies, well, the NSL can hold them now and say, we know you have to remove the subsidies. It's the proper thing to do. It's the right way to go. It's right? the right way to go, yeah. yeah. But fix yeah. the refineries. But you're waiting for Dangote to get his refineries on board, right? That's a private business, remember, you know? And uh, there's also the dangers of monopoly to that as well, which is that a is different correct. kettle of fish, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's different on its own, in its own right now. So before a Nigerian will want to go back, we need to start to see trends in the right direction. So we just spoke about the, the petroleum industry. The next thing is the power sector. That seems like another rocket science again, you know. The, the government doesn't. I, I watched something on YouTube or channels. The government, yeah. the, the, the regulators, they don't even know the number. If you if you don't know the number of people you're planning for in terms of urban and regional planning, if you don't have the number, you don't know how many people live on a particular street. You don't know how many people live in a particular house. How do you even put a transformer to cater to the number of people you do not know? True. All these are based on calculations. If I calculate mm -hmm. a particular region and the lack of urban and regional plan, you just build haphazardly. There is an estate that is supposed to be supposed to be bungalow. There are lots, lots of land and people put scrapers, five-story building, ten-story building. And the transformer that is there is meant for just the bungalows of a row of 30 houses and you have 150 houses there. What's gonna happen? Mm. Yeah. You know, so it, it's a combination of many things. The, the energy sector, the power sector, and then you now free up funds to be able to take care of critical infrastructure that needs to be in place. Nigeria is not, in terms of land mass, Nigeria is not a, it's not a very big country. We only have the population and the extremely yeah. high population density. So it can be done. It can be done. Well, an example is Abuja. Abuja was done, right? Yeah. So we know, we know what is right. We know what needs to be done. So why are they not doing it then? Uh, it's uh, like I said, it's, it's a lack of, Yeah, it's uh, it's lack of consequence management. People can steal and get away with and it. get away with it. Yes. Yeah, and, that's uh, for sure. Another question is: have, have we ever wondered why is it that? Oh, we, we have Nigerians that are doing very well in the U.S. Nigerians are the most educated immigrant population in the U.S. It's on record in the world, even. Yes. Yeah. So now I mean, we have Nigerians. I mean, to the U.K. Doing, they're yes. everywhere. So why is it that you bring the same Nigerian over to yeah. come and manage a ministry and before you know it, it's embezzling in billions? Wow. Why? Because nothing happens. It's political, it's uh, it's corruption, it's everything. There is no consequence management. You get away with it, right? That's there was uh, one of the British prime ministers that uh, 
that that spoke to the queen and nigerians got angry on social media that he said nigeria was fantastically corrupt when, yeah david cameron yeah that if the uk or he caused brexit he caused uh, brexit <laughs> well that's a different story that's yeah. a different story anyway <laughs> yeah so you you see in that line so and he said if the, the the volume or the amount of money that was stolen in the uk in Nigeria was stolen in the UK. The UK will cease to exist. They know that, right? They know. That's so true. from from the basic principle that it is not how much you earn that matters, right? You can earn five million naira if you want, but that's not what it's how much you are able to hold and save and invest and use and get from. So it's not how much you earn. So that's the Nigerian story, right? So people need to see that there's a trend of hope in front. Then then you can now see. And I think it's happened before, I think in India or some places where a lot of migration to the UK and when things started getting better, the same people would start coming home and start setting up uh, businesses. And, uh, businesses, right, yeah. Because so Nigeria still, has a way of frustrating people when they yes. start, you know, businesses back home. Ah, oh, it's just tiring. Uh, about two weeks ago, uh, there was a lecture I had uh, by the... Uh, Clyde Martin, uh, the ex-MD uh, of Shell, and okay. he says he's been to a lot of poor countries, about 50 poor countries, so, so many, he's been everywhere, that out of all the countries he has been to, in the yeah. whole world, Nigeria is the most corrupt country. Oh my God. And I was, and I was in the car. Oh my God. So you know, right? But, uh, it's, but he wasn't part it's, of the country, right? So. It's really sad. It's sad. Ah. <sighs> So, we've spoken about quite a bit of stuff now and uh, a lot of things to, to look into. Uh, but there's one thing that I, I think we should talk about and it all boils down to all these, you know, infrastructure challenges, you know, the corruption, everything. Is there a fear that we will become tenants in our own home? Let me explain what I mean by that. I think I get China is investing heavily in Africa. But possibly some of these African countries are not reading the fine lines. They're not reading the fine prints before jumping in and you know taking the loans because the interest rates are probably low. I don't know, you know. And uh, and then we are leaving Nigeria. Our kids are being raised in another country. Um, you know, I don't know if, you know, some people, I don't know if they teach their kids they, their original language or maybe they just let them speak English or French or whatever, you know. But of course, what can connect kids back home is, a, is the language and possibly, of course, some, you know, way of life and all of that, you know, the good parts, right? But then you, know, you have uh, China going in droves, uh, obviously securing their own future you know, energy security and the likes, you know, investing in countries in Africa, building airports, building railroads, building a lot of stuff. And um, our own uh, <laughs> our own president um, or whoever is there, well, <laughs> since yeah. he taking lots of loans from China. So do you think one day Africans or Nigeria in this case will, will, will go back on one day and then it'll be gone? You know, Uganda just, I don't know if that is a, fa a fact now, but it was in the news about two weeks ago. 
that China may take over their airports because they could not service alone. You have Zambia, their radio station or so, and their power station also belongs to China or maybe some Chinese companies. I don't know, but basically not shell China, you know, and um, you just hear a lot of things and you just have China everywhere. So does that mean China is gradually recolonizing Africa, if that's the term? What are your views? Do we oh. want to go back to whenever we're ready? Because you did mention about India, right? Yes. Was India taking loans from people or not? I mean, from countries or not, you know? And were they able to, even if they did, were they able to pay back? In this case, Africa is on a borrowing spree. And if I limit it to Nigeria, we don't even see what they're borrowing for because people keep leaving because if the infrastructure is there, if the electricity is there and security is looked into, people would not leave. Are we going to have a home eventually? Well, at some point, it would have to take a home by the arm, right? That's the people. Yeah. Maybe we haven't gotten to a tipping point yet. But, when would we get to a tipping point? Yeah, it is bad. You know, should we get already. to the tipping point before we we then do something? Do you understand? Yes, Nigerians are known to be the most uh, resilient people, like we're very mm. strong-willed. At the same time, the bad side is that we are very docile when it comes mm. to yeah, things like this, right? And yeah. Well, you see, if I last said it, I mean, it's, it's it's still happening. So with China, there is something called the Belt and Road, uh, Belt and Road Initiative. Right now, China has a strategy, now, and, and this is a this is a state strategy. It is directly from the top. For every uh, Chinese company, they have a political head, which is different for all the Chinese companies. Most of the Chinese uh, national companies. They have a political head, which is different from the CEO. And the political head, yeah, is in touch with the president, right? Now, so they control things from the top. They have a strategy, a belt and uh, belt and road initiative. That's what they call it. And if you go on the internet and, and see what the structure is and see how they plan to uh, to build infrastructure that covers from from their end to several continents, right? To do that. If you have, if you don't have the funds, they'll build it, right? Right. And now it's an economic strategy to spread their tentacles as much as they can. Okay. Right. And uh, the place with the weakest link, seeming to say, is Africa. Right. So it's easy to give Africans money, right? But China never gives you free money. They yeah. don't give you free loan. They don't write off your debts. <laughs> they just make you sign. And when you can meet up to the obligations, financial obligations, they take over willingly and you would allow them because you have signed the document. So that is what is happening. You see there's some seaports, some places in um, Africa with China has taken over some airports. Lots of things. I, even, I saw one, uh, I don't know how as ridiculous as it seems, like a police station. I don't know how true that is. A police station. Yes, so you, you can you can browse it. I can't I can't confirm the authenticity of that particular thing, but you can check it online. You know, and wow. and uh, yeah. So if if it 
you know, so they have a strategy to mm-hmm. spread it. They have a huge population. They do. The middle class is growing very strong. Yeah, even uh, the energy needs as your middle class grows, your energy needs increases. The same with China. So even yeah. when we're talking about the climate change practices, we're still building coal plants and all of that, combustion coal plants, natural gas plants, to create in, uh, energy for the, the population that is uh, growing, right? The middle class that is growing. So they're getting richer and richer by the day, which is not bad. But they also have a strategy to spread their principles everywhere. So if you if you're not financially disciplined as a country, if you don't uh, have your house in order, you will fall for it. There is nothing wrong in getting a loan. In yeah. fact, the richest men in the world will tell you that use the bank's money to you know, to do your business, right? Never use your money, right? But when you in in Africa, we collect loans and embezzle, right? In, in <laughs> But if you collect the loans and the loans can repay itself and be profitable, then that's when you can say that you justify collection of the loans. So it's it's a it's an economic strategy, and it's a trap that Africans are falling for because there's nowhere else to go. Right? Is no one advising all these African countries on what things really are? This uh, it's people in the continent is no. I mean, I don't know. It's a lack of patriotism. It's greed. It's lack of consequence management. Like I said, you do it and get away with it. Get it's away my with political. It. Yes, it's my political party. Sometimes it gets uh, to the ethnic part of it. Like my my thief is better than your thief. Yes, it's my brother. Uh, your brother did the same as well. So all sorts of slogans, and that's why we are in this uh, mess, so to say. So if it, it, it's for for Nigeria. If you if you keep borrowing, like this. Uh, I remember uh, my uh, MBA class, part of what I I, I think there was a course, uh, debt to uh, revenue ratio, debt to for ev- for every for every one naira we get, we use about uh, seventy cover to repay our debts, right? Are you so serious? Left, yes, and that was some years back, so you know. Maybe it's probably worse now. So if we're left with 30 cover for every one naira, right? 30%. Mm-hmm. If we're left with 30%, that 30% is to use to <laughs> service the government with a huge uh, civil servant population. So how much percentage do we have for critical infrastructure to actually grow the economy, yeah. right? So you see, now you see why people are starting to leave. If you yeah. project ahead and you see the near future and we keep going on in these trends having keep borrowing and they don't care because in a couple of years one two years they're out of it another government comes in it's now your cross to carry right so they don't care nothing happens if i embezzle the money all the monies for the uh, uh, electricity that was supposed to have done years to come equipment were left lying fallow at the ports people embezzled funds nothing happened it's a joke. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really still happening, a joke. Right? Yeah. You know? And uh, if we go too political, people will say, oh, the Jonathan government and the boy. I'm like, please don't compare the devil and the deep blue sea. Let None is better, right? You, you don't have to stoop so low to yeah. be blindsided and not even know what is right anymore. Yeah. Because right yeah. now you take anything, right? So, so, so that's. So we need to start to get some things right. The first, that's a major thing the energy right let the refineries work mm-hmm. two you have to take care of the electricity mm-hmm. right if you if you there's a picture 
uh, from space and uh, at night. And if you see the picture of this of space of the Earth at night, you see the places that were lit up were the countries yeah. that were doing well. Yeah. And the places that were not lit up were in darkness. And those are the poor countries. Now you know what I mean. So, so if we don't start to go in that direction, I'm not even sure our kids will want to go back home when the time comes. Right. That's why we brought them here in the first place to take them out of the mess. Like because you see, it's going to crumble if nothing happens. The wow. population is huge. It's only going to grow bigger, and we're not doing anything about it. We keep borrowing. How do we pay? Well, me, thank you so much. It's this is this is a very deep conversation, honestly. It's and it's it's quite thought provoking. It's something, you know. I would love people that you know listen to this. Uh, conversation to you know put in your comments let's hear what you have to say um send in your questions um you know about me and i would definitely come back to 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 have more you know maybe answer your questions have more discussions on this you know and, and other people as well will join us uh, uh likewise because this is uh this is very very deep and mm -hmm. uh, it's a problem that needs to start being looked into. Otherwise, it's going to, it's, it's, it's like the Titanic. It's going to sink if something is not done. You know, it's, it's not going to be able to stand for too long. And as you say, when the time comes, the kids may just not even be interested. They will just hear Nigeria, no thanks. Or Africa, what's that, you know? And that's mm -hmm. what we want. That's mm -hmm. not what we want. Because... By in 29 years, Africa's, Africa's population is going to double. So right now, mm -hmm. it's about 1.2. Again, on paper, 1.2. Who knows what the real numbers are? But if we go by 1.2 billion, by 29 years, it's going to be 2.4 on paper. In reality, maybe it's going to be 4. Who knows? I, I don't mm -hmm. know. And uh, by the year 2100, one in every four human is going to be African. So the population is exploding. Therefore, a lot needs to be done. A lot needs to be done. Anyway, Abayomi, there's so much we can literally talk about, but yes. take another time to have this, <laughs> to go even deeper. We're going to take it one after the other, I suppose. We're going to definitely look into energy and deep yeah. dive into the whole refinery issue because this is something that, like I said, you and I are within the same space. And uh, so I'm an energy analyst and yeah, I, I know all these issues going on with the refineries and, you know, it just does not make any sense for countries that produce significant amounts of oil and gas to now take their crude out to refine somewhere and then bring it back in. It is just, uh, uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it's not, it's unheard of. And, and it's even worse when the world is transiting, right? And the exactly, I was not going to go there. You know, the world yeah. is been on on the clean side. You know, you've got the the renewables. You know, the hydrogens and uh, sorry, the wind and the solar, and then you have the newer energies. You know, the hydrogens and and uh, the geothermal, and of course, you know, capturing of carbon and you know, converting during the process, converting to the different types of hydrogen, the green, the gray, the brown, uh, blue, turquoise. You know, the different types without yeah. confusing everyone listening <laughs> and red, red hydrogen as well. So we're definitely going to talk about this uh, for sure, because this is something that Africa, especially Nigeria, Nigeria and Angola, they need to start looking into, 
not necessarily converting immediately because an immediate conversion is never going to happen but no. using um an energy mix you know using the the current hydrocarbon possibly gas because gas is seen as a cleaner version of the two you know and using the the revenue from from that to then you know uh improve on the new energies and also the renewables but we're definitely going to take this at another time i've so much enjoyed our conversation um yeah. thank you thank you a big thanks to our listeners um there's so much for us to talk about again i would encourage you to listen to this and drop your comment let's hear what you have to say let's hear your questions because these are very key points that abayomi has actually talked about these are really 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 important stuff that we need to start questioning ourselves as youths of you know nigeria or youths of africa even you know we may live in different parts of the world however at the end of the day home is still home and we need to preserve that, uh, you know, by all means necessary. And that means we need to make things right. And, you know, as I've only said severally, you know, what was the word you use? Uh, lack of consequences, right? Yeah, consequence management, lack of- Consequence management, exactly. Consequence management, that's a, that's a new one that I need to start using a lot because yeah, that is exactly what it is, you know? So if there was consequences, people would not be doing, you know, things and just getting away with it and just, you know, kicking and, and having a good time and laughing like, hey, I can do what I want and no one is going to question me. No, it's not going to be business as usual. Things need to change. So a big thanks to all our listeners today. And until next time, it's Bim from Blue Citron. Do enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. Bye-bye.